Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. You hear this all the time. It's not the 80s anymore. I think I've heard that Joe Pistone a hundred times. It's not the 80s anymore. In the 80s, they would kill you. They wouldn't care. They'd hurt you bad for a couple of dollars. So I know I keep hearing that it's not the 80s anymore. It's kind of like it's not your father's crime family anymore. I guess since since John died, they're still active. The idea of the mafia is dead is beyond ridiculous. They are still very, very active, but it's just not the same, I guess. No, you're right. It, it, what it is now is just another crime, you know, organized crime uh, uh, entity, just like, uh, you know, if you've got to be worried, you better be worried about the Albanians, <laughs> the Russians. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that's what you want to be worried about. Can I tell you that I loved that conversation slash interview yesterday? That that was Joe Pistone, and most of you know Joe Pistone as Donnie Brasco. Johnny Depp, Al Pacino, the great movie. And uh, Pistone was on with me for about 15 minutes at the end of yesterday's show. Turns out that Pistone contacted actor Leo Rossi, who's in the show Gravesend with me, but is really more well-known for his uh, performance in The Accused with Jodie Foster when he was encouraging all those boys to rape Foster on the pinball machine. So Leo calls me a couple of days ago and goes, i got to tell you, you know, Joe Pistone, I go, oh, I've heard of him, of course, Donnie Pasco. He goes, he thinks you're amazing. And there was a guy in his crew, because he was an FBI guy turned informant, worked with the Bonanno crew. He said, there's a guy in his crew. He said, I actually thought Sid studied that guy. That's how That's how on point Sid was. So long story short, that led to Pistone calling in yesterday. And it was a great conversation. This guy for six years, Bonanno family. I said to him, I go, he walked away in 1981. It was 42 years ago. He's okay now, obviously. I said, but wasn't there a time when you were scared to death, retribution? He said, Sid, they put a half a million dollar bounty on my head. The Bonanno crime family. Back in 81, a half a million dollars is like $5 million right now. He said, they'd send two guys to every city looking for me. He said, now the FBI did a good job hiding me. They never got to me. But he said, you bet your ass I was scared to death. Talking about that, my next guest has now become the most recognizable, the best defense attorney in the country. Lately, he's on every TV show almost every night for defending Donald Trump. But talking about Donnie Brasco, the Bonanno crime family, when it all started for my dear friend of 46 years, Joseph Tacopina, he was in the courtroom sitting next to Bruce Cutler defending John Gotti. So on the day when Inside Man hits theaters across America, what better conversation than Tacopina and Gotti? Here he is, my good buddy Joe Tacopina. Good morning, Joseph. How are you, pal? Good morning, Sydney. How are you? Yeah, I never thought I'd see someone who was uh, getting more indictments than John Gotti. But, uh, <laughs> it's, it's the president of the United States. I mean, well, you know what's funny? Really, you know what's really funny about that? Down at this point, yeah, they actually called 
John Gotti, Teflon Don, but being this is Trump, at least up to now, it's early, and we got a lot of court dates to come. It looks like the real Teflon Don is Don, Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, so far, and if you go based on the results of the polling and, and the sort of fallout after these indictments, these multiple indictments, now three, four coming, um, you know, it seems like it's having the absolute adverse effect, the opposite effect that the Democratic sort of hitmen believed it was going to have on him. And, and you know, it's, it's just amazing to see this go. But I think it's just it, – so we've been saying this for months. It's just that people, the American public, I think at this point are now tired of weaponization of the justice system. And it's really, to me, as a former prosecutor and a defense lawyer and a lawyer – it's just horrible to see because the justice system used to be in its own bubble. And, you know, whether you agree or disagree with charging decisions, they never felt partisan um, like this, ever, never. And it's just unbelievable now the way things are going. I was talking to Brian Kilmeade earlier, and uh, he presented a scenario where Donald Trump would go to jail. I'm not saying a lengthy prison stay. This isn't Gotti and Leavenworth. But Donald Trump would go to jail. He would lose maybe the documents case. Uh, maybe Mike Pence burns him in this uh, January 6th case. I don't know. But he did present that possibility, which it is. I said, I got to tell you, Brian, I don't care. You know, it's kind of like the manager who's out sick for a couple of games. So the bench coach comes in and manages. In this case, it will be the vice president. And the manager comes back and still wins the World Series. Even if that does happen, even if one of these cases results in a small amount of jail time, A, that's probably not going to happen. But B, that's not going to derail Donald Trump, is it? No. I mean, he's made that very clear. I think he actually even said that. Um, you know, you don't want to jinx yourself by saying it, but he took the bull by the horns and said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, run, I'll be present even from prison if I have to be. Right. Um, and, and, you know, he's somebody who has done the unthinkable um, and will continue to do the unthinkable. You know, the more you tell him you can't do it, the more he does it and the more he wants to do it. So it's it's very simple. I mean, this is not working. Um, whatever they're doing is not working. Um, and he's, you know, his, his gain on the on the Republican uh, nomination is just, you know, almost insurmountable at this point. Look, it's still a ways to go, but it's insurmountable because I think people realize, look, when he was in office, if you just forget, you know, the, the rhetoric and all the other stuff, if you look at his policies and the things he did in office, he did some pretty great things. Oh, yeah. Some things that we would kill to have right now. Right? 100%. So, I mean, that's, you know, when, from a from a from a policy standpoint, you know, it's really, um, it, it's it's what we need. And, you know, there there we have it. So, it's just a matter of now getting through these, you know, what they're trying to do. With it. And it, it's going to be a problem. So we talked about this last time is, you know, he's going to have potentially four indictments, certainly three. Um, and and I, I'd say four. We all know that the George indictment is coming. So it's going to be four indictments that he's going to be. And you have to make court appearances in criminal cases. They're not, it's not like a civil case where you don't have to show up. Um, today's appearance in D.C. is waived. He doesn't have to be there for the scheduling issue that they're having today. But but for the most part, when things get, get down to business, you have to be there as the defendant, the criminal defendant. So he's going to have to juggle four criminal four criminal cases Jeez. at one time yep. while, while, while campaigning and doing things that a candidate can do. So it, it, 
I don't know how that's going to I just don't know how that's going to happen. Yeah. We are in such uncharted waters in almost everything we're doing now that I don't know how that plays out. But somehow he's going to make it work, I guess. But but it's going to that's, – and that's part of the ploy. I really believe the timing of all these things. I've always said, look, there's no rush. There was no rush to, to bring any of these indictments today. Okay, I mean, let alone the Manhattan case, which is a joke of a case, but but the the, the hush money case, so to speak. But the federal case, there's there plenty of years left on the statute of limitations here, right? They could have waited to see how the election plays out, so they couldn't be accused of election interference and other things, and then do what they thought was right, if that's what they thought was right, whatever. Um, but but it's you know it's 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 suspect. The timing is suspect, and it, to me, it's pretty obvious why it's all happening now. It's to try and prevent him from running try and prevent them from being a viable candidate, try and prevent them from campaigning. And the last thing they ever want is Donald Trump back in office. Yep. Um, so no, you're right. No, it. it's but that's why. But the justice system is not meant as to be used as a political tool of course. To, to comply with agendas. No, you're right. And uh, they're going to make it very logistically difficult for him. He may have to be in Iowa. There'll be a Super Tuesday. All these things going on. He may be in court. Now, you did mention, Joseph, that for a civil case, he doesn't have to be there. And I remember when, uh, before you got the win, and I still say it's a win, I say it every time, in the E. Jean Carroll decision because she wasn't raped. The other chumped-up charge and the money, I can't help that. But uh, you won that case, so congratulations. But I remember that uh, he wasn't there. And even Alan Dershowitz was like, oh, bad move, you know. It's a he said, she said, he's got to be there. And you said, no, 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 it'll be a complete Not circus. Not a he said, she said. It wasn't a he said, she said. It was a she said, she said. I know. Was, it, look, it was a he said, she said. That would be, it wasn't rape, it was consensual. We were together, but she wanted it also. That's he said, she said. When he's saying, I have no idea what this lady is, I wasn't there. I didn't rape her. I don't know any. I can't say anything, but I didn't do it, which is already said under oath, which came into the trial. There's nothing for him to say other than, I don't know what the hell she's talking about, right. which he said in his deposition that was played to the jury. So him being there would have done nothing but create a circus atmosphere, not to mention, you know, they're, they're in, when, in civil cases, the rules are very different. When you testify, you can't be there as a defendant and not testify in the civil case. That's the worst thing you can do because you, there's no presumption. There's no Fifth Amendment rights there, right? So, so you, have to, you have to get up there. And tell your story if you're in court. And if he told his story, I'd still be on trial, Sid, right now. <laughs> right now. Because the cross-examination would be, go on about 27 months. Of course. Because Judge, and Judge Kaplan, who's, uh, you know, gave us a rough time and is no fan of President Trump, that's clear, would, would, because it's a civil case, would allow everything under the sun to come yep. in I know. on cross-examination. I know what they were planning to do. I know the cross they were planning to do. And it would have been a 10-day does it, you know, really, and then, of course, President Trump's not going to be disrespected the way he would have been. And it would have led to a, a very – look, people wanted it so bad because it, it would make great theater. It wouldn't have been good for him. It would have been good for the case. It would have been good for no, the Listen, you, you did the right so, thing. There's no question day. about it. You, you did the right thing. But but as it turns out now, uh, I know she wants to sue him again. But then he, he filed a counter lawsuit. And, if I, and may, I could be wrong, but I think I read this week that the judge threw that out. Is that right? Yeah, he did. Uh, Judge Kaplan, this was, I didn't, that wasn't me, uh, but but yes, he did file a counterclaim, a counter lawsuit of defamation against her. 
um, as he had the right to do, because she's been calling him a rapist. And the jury said he's not a rapist. And don't forget, this is the lowest standard by law. A jury has to find only preponderance of the evidence, not in a criminal case where it's proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Here, if they believe 51% that he raped her, as opposed to, you know, which is not a lot, Sid. That's not how we make decisions in life every day. But they didn't even find that. They didn't even find that. So, so you know, she can't call the rapist without defaming him, and that's what he wanted to do, and that's what, but, you know, Judge Kaplan has um, sort of stretched his intellectual abilities to uh, come up with some reasoning as to why uh, that, that didn't pass legal muster. But there's an appeal going on. Look, I fully believe that second case, that Carol 2, the counts that, that they, the counts, the charges that they found liable on, which was just sexual abuse based on that, Access Hollywood tape coming in, that's going to be overturned. Um, you know, and Judge Kaplan was overturned once already in this case. I think he's going to get overturned a second time by the appellate division, and it's going to be a clean sweep. It'll be an absolute clean sweep for President Trump, but that's the least of, of the concerns right now. The concerns are obviously these mounting um, indictments, and, you know, it's not a, so much if you dissect each case by individually, it really isn't a big worry. It just isn't. I'm, I, of course, anytime you get indicted, it's a concern. I'm not being cavalier, Sid, but the facts, really the facts, when you boil them down, you know, in each one of these cases, they're not powerful cases. You know, they're, they're, they're powerful charges because of who he is, and there's a hope that you're going to get a judge who doesn't like him, a jury who despises him, and, and, and they'll, you know, sort of turn a blind eye to lack of, of evidence-proving elements. Um, but but fact of the matter is, when you have four of these, it's just impossible, you know, to, to really mm. be able to think and do anything else but deal with these cases. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Uno. He's your numero uno. You know, during the uh, Ranger playoffs, the Hockey Rangers, we would uh, we would have a three-way phone conversation every night, text conversation. And it was me, yeah. Joseph Tacopina, and Pete Morgan. Now, Pete happens to be in studio with me today. He shows up every couple of weeks. He's a great friend, and, and I love him. And as you and I are talking, he's gesturing. He's moving his mouth. He clearly wants to say something. So uh, instead of uh, trying to mouth it to me, Pete, <laughs> ask your friend Joe yeah. Tacopino what you want to know. Joe, Joe. Hey, hey, brother. How you doing, brother? How you doing? I'm good, bro. So other than the appearance of him going to court and so on, how much time will this take from Trump personally? I'm not talking about his legal team and all that prep, but is this, is this you know, is it, you know, 50 hours? Is it 
five hours? Is it, you know, how much time for him versus we all know how the legal team's going to be working their asses off. Yeah, yeah. It's a good question, Pete. It's it's actually the pretrial stuff doesn't really involve the the client, the defendant, that much other than obviously there's recordings that need to be reviewed and certain discovery. But it's not – look – this case is going to be – there are so many legal issues that are going to be grappled with between here and there, between now and the building at a trial in all of these cases. That And that's the president's not going to really be involved in that. I mean, obviously, he's involved in everything from a tr- strategic standpoint. But these are things that the lawyers deal with. So you're right, Pete. It's a good question. It's not going to take up – like when they're you know making motions to dismiss based on selective prosecution or insufficiency of the charges or whatever, you know, that's – the president's not going to be sitting in the in the uh, law library with right. him, you know, doing all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. So he'll be able to do what he needs yeah. to do. It's just the constant appearances. And look, you already see a judge in D.C., which is not the friendly venue, right? So yeah. it's amazing if you just look at the two cases, Florida and D.C., how how different they are going, right? Night and day. DC's yeah. Filed after Florida, D.C.'s filed after Florida with a judge who is clearly not friendly to President Trump. Um, and there's a January trial date that they're looking to set already. Uh, the the, the case in florida was filed earlier um less you know really less import to our democracy certainly that case is and they're talking about a may trial date at the earliest of that one so you know my my concern is is that it's going he's going to be in a position where he's forced to go to trial in in one of these cases earlier than he would be forced to go to trial if he were just a normal defendant because they want look the goal here as you know and they want blood is to make sure this gets yeah. done before, before. yeah, right, exactly. The yeah. They want yeah. they want yeah. him to be a convicted felon, right, before the election. Uh, so that's the goal, and uh, that's what they're going to go for. All right, two minutes to go here, Joseph. Again, this is a mob theme Friday. I played a cut from Joe Pistone, aka Donnie Brasco, leading to this conversation. By the way, man. Thank you, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Loud. <laughs> that's a great spot to be. That's our that's our childhood. I mean, we. I used to walk by the Gemini Lounge. My dad would always say, "Cross the street." When you pass the Gemini, don't go <laughs> right in front of it. So sometimes those doors, those doors can suck you in, and you yep. never come out of those doors. We're actually so. going to talk to a Frank Dimatio in the nine o'clock hour. Thanks to Frank Morano, and he he uh, covered all those stories, knows all those guys, and and your father was right. Now you never would have had the chance to defend Roy DeMeo because he got killed supposedly by Paul Castellanos, folks. But uh, when you started your glorious career, you were not a defense attorney. You worked on the uh, prosecution side, but eventually you did uh, become a defender, if you will. And uh, as far as I know, because I saw an unbelievable picture, a black and white picture of you right behind John Gotti walking out of a courtroom, you sat there with Bruce Cutler for lots of those John Gotti trials. So on this Inside Man slash Gemini Lounge Friday, tell us about that experience. It was it was a, just a surreal thing, especially for a young lawyer. It was a young lawyer who grew up in in our neighborhood in Brooklyn, where you know these guys were ever present and and certainly known, well known. Um, but, but being there, you know, going to trial every day, and then after court, having you know coming out to that that you saw in that photograph, like John Gotti would come out smiling, not a hair out of place. I looked like I was 
like going into a monsoon. My face was like contorted. <laughs> the cameras were all over. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but John was, John was as smooth as a cucumber. And then we'd go to these dinners, Sid, every night at, at either the Manhattan Cafe, which was a restaurant on, on 1st and 61st in the city. It's no longer there. Um, or another one of John's spots in Queens, the whole legal team, not just me. You know, That's what he would do. Every night at the court, we'd have these dinners. And I swear to God, I gained about 15 pounds in a one-month trial. <laughs> the amount of food, yeah. the amount of, no kidding, Pete, I swear, the amount of food <laughs> they would bring out without us ordering anything. And to me, you know, I was a struggling young lawyer, you know, with a baby living in a basement, half a basement apartment, you know, paying off student loans and whatnot. This was like I hit the lottery. And so I was eating insane amounts of food. That's great. It was just, you know, jobs, kills a cucumber, like very generous like that. And, and, and it's just a wild, wild thing. The one, the one experience I had was when I met Whitey Bulger though, oh. with John and those guys. That was, I felt like I was looking at the devil incarnate. I wow. swear that was the scariest man I've ever met. I didn't even know who he was at the time. I later found out but when I watched Black Man. <laughs> yeah, that, that was just a different world yeah. for me. Yeah. And that picture you saw there with me and, and John Gotti coming out of court wound up in the Daily News before my sister and the rest of my family knew who, what case I was working on. And they just thought I was inducted into the mob. They thought, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, left law school. Yeah. I left law school. I was now a, like a soldier. And, 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 and you're the last person that would ever even consider that because you are the one guy, maybe the only guy of all the Italian-American friends I've got that actually denounced the Sopranos because you felt like they stereotyped every Italian as a mobster. Yeah, and I listen. It's great entertainment. I, I don't take listen, everyone has a right to to put on what they want to watch on television, and whatnot. To me, it was just it was just the whole, you know, when, when American television has taken the Italian stereotype to a different level when it comes to organized crime, and and so yeah, it glorifies the worst of the Italian Americans, in my opinion. No. Um, and and no. you know, there's so many great things where this country, I would mm. argue, you know, is is where it is, and we are who we are because we're great Italian American. Um, you know, the, the 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 founder and chairman of Bank of America is an Italian. I mean, it goes on and on and on. But, but it's um, yeah. So that was my thing. I'm not even though I worked in that world, and it made me sound a little hypocritical. It was me getting legal experience at the time. But you know, once you peel back the layers of the onion and all the glamour, you realize it's just a it's a it's a very realistic. The script you did, the movie you did. Is a, I mean, I can't wait to watch this movie because that will show you. I mean, look, you know, all glamour aside. This is a life that, you, you know, you, the last thing in the world you want to do is be part of that because you don't ever leave. You can't get out. There's no retirement packages. There's <laughs> only death or prison. Yeah, pretty death much. Or prison. That's no. the two choices. You're right. No, pretty so much. Yeah. Program. And a lot of those so, guys yeah. that uh, are in this movie, those guys died and it wasn't pretty. Uh, check it out, folks. Inside Man. And if you can't make it to a theater today, the good news is you can watch it at home tonight on demand. As always, Joseph Tacopina, not good, great. That was a great conversation. Donald Trump, John Gotti, all that good stuff. I love you. Have a great weekend. We'll do it again next week, buddy. Thank you so much. Okay, boys. Bye-bye. Take Thanks, care. The great you. Joseph Tacopina. 
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.